0: We thought you might like to know about Purdue Polytechnic High School. What is that? Why are we talking about a high school? Is it a college? I've been confused about it. And my guests today are a coach at the school and a student at the school. Here on the program, we talk a lot about homeschooling. And this is honestly like organized homeschooling. And a lot of homeschoolers from the state end up going to this school because they've adopted so many of the principles like project-based learning, students guiding the process to follow their passions to learn. This is a great model that I would reach out to your local college and get somebody to get this into your local area. Mitch Daniels, the former governor, went to Purdue and realized, wow, only 15 students a year from IPS, the state's largest or second largest school district are coming to Purdue. What's happening? So they started a school there. And lo and behold, they're having great success with principles based on a new model of learning, a model that we talk about here all the time on the Chris Spangle Show. I think you're going to find it really fascinating. I think you're going to find it uh, confirming of what a lot of what we believe and talk about here on the show. And uh, so I would invite you to stay tuned and hear about the success at Purdue Polytechnic High School. We run on the value for value model here on the Chris Spangle Show and the We Are Libertarians podcast network. That means, do you get value out of the show? Do you learn something that helps you sound smarter when talking with your friends? Do you feel a little bit more connected to the world and inspired to do something a little bit differently? Well, then please give some value back. And the best way that you can do that is through our Patreon. You can go to supportcss.com or patreon.com slash We Are Libertarians and you can join our Patreon. Not only do you support the program and the entire We Are Libertarians podcast network by helping pay all of the bills, you're also going to get ad-free shows. You're going to get early releases, sometimes months in advance in terms of episodes that haven't been released in the public feed yet. You'll also be able to get the full archives, the full RSS feed of all the past episodes. And there's even a tier that you can come on the show or you can have your name mentioned every episode like I... I'm about to do right now. Thank you so much to our $100 a month members, especially Vincent Picole, Matthew Durbin, Jason Doolittle, Christy Avery, and our good friend Reinhold. Thank you so much for supporting us. And we appreciate everybody that considers making a contribution today. Joining me now is Drew Gooden, who is the lead coach at Purdue Polytechnic High School and sophomore Mark Boykin. Thanks so much for joining me, guys.
1: Hey, thanks, Chris, for having us.
0: All right. So, Drew, you're a lead coach. Is that like for the football team,
1: lacrosse? What does lead coach mean? Yeah, great question. I was actually confused about it my first day, too, walking around the building and seeing Coach Lee, Coach Johnson. But no, that is the term that we refer to all of our coach, all of our educators with the mindset that uh, learning happens when you have the support of a guide on the side, not somebody at the front of the room talking through a bunch of PowerPoint slides.
0: All right. This strikes at the heart of what makes Purdue Polytechnic High School so cool. Tell us a little bit about the development of the school. How did the school
1: start? Yeah. So essentially in 2014 to 2020, there were only 15 students at Purdue University in each class uh, who were graduates of Indianapolis Public Schools. And Purdue identified with under Mitch Daniels leadership, identified that as a challenge they would like to overcome. Okay.
0: Let me pause there. Yeah. Are you telling me that the people that enrolled at Purdue every year? Yes. There were like 15 people from IPS?
1: Yes. the uh, One of the largest, I think it's the second largest school district in the state, uh, was only sending 15, 15 students. That's um, remarkable. Wow. Okay. okay. Thus, enter Purdue Polytechnic High School, designed to be a pipeline to Purdue. So we emphasize project based learning, student choice, STEM. And so far, we've been uh, massively successful. As of 2023, our three graduating classes have led to a 6% increase in enrollment of Black undergraduates at Purdue University, West Lafayette. Okay,
0: that's fantastic. So what led to the different outcomes? What do you do differently at uh, PHS? What's the nickname for the school? I imagine you don't say all four words. Yeah, we'll say uh, we say PHS or Purdue Poly. Alright, Purdue Poly. So what do you do at Purdue Poly that is different that's leading to those outcomes that I, you're not getting at IPS?
1: Yep, the big one is project-based learning. So we operate in quarters that we refer to as cycles, and prior to each cycle, students see a menu of different project opportunities that they can choose from. Things like, we, have one of our favorites right now is called eSports, Stats, and Smash. And so students who are interested in video games, they play a little bit of Smash Brothers in class, and then they do a deep dive data analysis to create models and predictions about the performance of the players. So it gets rid of this question of why are we learning this? We're learning this because it's a tool to help us be awesome at esports or a mock trial. We're really proud of our mock trial team. It's one of the projects offered each cycle. And this Last month, we sent our mock trial team to Yale, where they were invited as part of the Bulldog Invitational. And they're learning collaboration and uh, public speaking. And so each of these projects, there's a menu of about 30 of them offered each quarter, come with a little one-minute pitch video that the, the coach creates, and then students can select into projects based on their interest and how important it is for them to be in the project. And that leads to a student like Mark here, who, let's see, is in a Latin class, Uh, a probability math class, and uh, engineering scholars program. You want to share a little bit about that?
2: I'd say engineering scholars has been pretty good. It taught me a lot. We really touch base on, like, everything that we need to know, especially Momentum, when we did the trebuchet. Trebuchet, and Latin's been pretty good, too. Learn a lot of Latin. I I I think I can read it pretty well now. We're still learning how to say it, though, but I can read it pretty well, and, yeah. Which is a lot better.
0: I went to PHS, Plainfield High School. I got a great education, but I didn't learn Latin or trebuchets for sure. And and Drew, one more question before we go to Mark and ask about his experience. I recently had on uh, someone named Connor Boyak, who uh, is not related to Mark Boykin here. But Connor is a big homeschool advocate. And what you're describing to me sounds like a lot of the homeschool curriculum where Connor says look I don't want my kid to just sit in front of a lecturer all day at 10 years old he's on fire about Pokemon and so I have him go write an essay on which is the best Pokemon to learn arguments or we do projects to do math-based learning it sounds a lot like that which is you're, you're showing what, homeschool, what I've noticed with my homeschool wife and her siblings, how well-educated, how better educated I think they are than my, my background, my siblings. It, I, I'm just surprised that there's a public school, are you a public school, that is in, in taking on that project-based learning like he described and seeing such good results
1: with it. Yeah, I'm impressed you're, you're picking up on that uh, fast. It's interesting. We actually have a large contingent of uh, families who homeschooled their students, Uh, through elementary and oftentimes middle school, but then hear about our offerings and uh, choose us uh, to have students come back to school after a homeschool experience. But you're exactly right. Whereas at a traditional school, you might have some opportunities to pick an elective here or there, and then that's your elective for the entire semester or entire year here. We're enabling that choice every eight weeks at the least. So you're getting lots, you're in the driver's seat of your education and getting to, to determine what you're learning on the daily.
0: Yeah, and this is one of my questions always to my homeschool friends is, okay, you're doing those project-based learning, but are one of the benefits of my education is that I got to dip my hands in a lot of different areas to see what I liked. I was horrible at math. Obviously, I was good at English, right? I was good at history. That's what I love to do. And they always argue, well, why do you have to learn so many different languages, essentially? So do you have a focus on that core curriculum of all the classic liberal arts? Do students get exposure to all the different areas, or is it just we're focused on what the student likes in almost a Montessori way? Yeah,
1: well said. Yes. So in addition to these passion project opportunities where students are driving the show, they also participate in the standard Indiana uh, course sequence. Uh, so Mark's in an English class, computer science class, math class, uh, and still gets the exposure that's going to be necessary. for. All
0: right, so let's go to Mark, who is a sophomore at the high school. So Mark, what where did you go to school before, and what is the difference between the school that you went to, let's say for like middle school, versus the high school you're at now? Give us some illustrations and differences that you experience.
2: Okay, for middle school, I went to Cold Spring. Yeah, it's on Cold. That's
0: Spring. I've got family there. Yeah, I'm very familiar with it. Good, great school.
2: Oh yeah, it's a pretty good school. You get they pick your classes for you, and then you go to the classes, and they they give you math. History, all the basic stuff, and they try to make it more, how do I put this, specific for you. They'll try to change what they do in each class specifically for you. But compared to Purdue, you get to pick the classes themselves, and they still change it for you. It's. I'd say Purdue did a better job with that. Yeah.
0: And, and Drew, we should say, uh, for people who are around the country, around the state that don't know, Cold Spring is one of the magnet schools for the IPS system. So it is even then a little different from maybe your typical school that you might, if you went to Theodore Potter, which is still a little bit more non-traditional. Cold Spring is kind of IPS's attempt to be a little bit different. How would you compare even IPS's attempt to be different, not throwing shade on them? Again, Cold Spring's a good school versus PHS, Polytechnic, excuse me.
1: Yeah, uh, my teaching experience before this was in Missouri. And one thing I've been continually impressed by is the Innovative landscape of Indianapolis so that a student like Mark can opt into Cold Spring and get a unique experience. We we have students from tons of different middle schools, each bringing their own particular experience, and it really allows families to make a selection based on their individual child. uh, Same at the high school level, too. Yeah, I would just say that
0: Indianapolis is a great place with all kinds of different foundations dedicated, and Democrats and Republicans both work really hard to give students a different education a great education and drew and my daughter at least will benefit from that or mark excuse me mark so was it overwhelming one of the arguments i would think is that you can't let a kid pick their own schooling because that would just be overwhelming and how do they know what they need to know so talk about that process of picking out your schedule what does that look like for you
2: let's see when i first started looking at what i could pick I thought to myself, what will I need later on? And that helped me decide which classes I should pick.
0: Okay, so what, do, what are you thinking about? What do we, When you look at your future, what are you thinking about?
2: I'm thinking about mainly STEM, science. I like the program, too. I'm learning Python right now, by the way. And, uh, yeah, that really helped me decide which classes I want.
0: Drew, I graduated in 2002, <laughs> Literally nothing I do existed <laughs> when I graduated high school. I'm a podcaster doing video work and all the stuff that I'm doing professionally didn't exist. How much more accelerated is that for your students today? And why is first touch on what STEM education is for those who don't know and why you think it's so important for students to and in get invest in it?
1: I appreciate you mentioning as time goes on, the tools change drastically. And that's part of the premise of the foundation of our school is that we are preparing students for jobs that don't exist yet. But we do know that in those jobs, students will need the ability to communicate, collaborate and innovate. And so how can we craft experiences that lead to students learning the content, but also allow them to flex those collaboration, communication, innovation muscles? And so the main foundation of our academic model is project based learning, where students are engaging in real, authentic projects for an audience other than just the teacher who's uh, leading the class. And that's giving them an authentic opportunity to do something real and learn along the way.
0: So, Mark, do you sit in lecture classrooms? Is there a point in your day where you're sitting in front of a blackboard where a teacher's talking, or is it all these projects?
2: I'd say there is a point where I'm sitting in front of traditional blackboard and the teacher talking, but it's only for a short amount of time. And then they start giving out the stuff that we can do on our own and more interactive.
0: Okay, so what does that collaboration look like for you, Mark? Like when you're working with other students, uh, are you in groups of two, three, 20? How how does that collaboration work that allows you to develop these skills Drew's talking about?
2: It's mainly groups of two to three. It's pretty fun, actually. We're laughing a lot of the time and still getting the work done.
0: Wait, you're not supposed to have fun at school. That's not (laughs) supposed to be drudgery, terror, and, and torture.
2: No, you can have a little bit of fun.
0: Oh come on! You so what are some projects that you've worked on? Let us say what are what are you working on right now? What are some projects?
2: Working on a how do I put this a paper tower. It has to be made out of paper tape. Now I'm reading off the instructions themselves. They said paper tape, a tape measure we can use to measure it, and I think that was it. For instance, we me, my team we tried to put the tape measure. Tape tape it to the table and just pull the tape measure up and make it work since it was technically some of the material. But the teacher did not like that because I honestly don't know. It was it technically was in the specifications, but it didn't work. So we decided to just build a traditional paper tower and it went pretty good.
0: Look, if it's not in the rules, Mark, then you didn't do anything wrong. That's all I'm saying.
1: Uh (laughs) This is exactly what we want, though. We want rule breakers. We want rabble rousers. And we want to uh, have an environment where they're safe to innovate and fail uh, within those constraints. So Mark's project that he's referring to is from our principles of engineering curriculum. And it's these mini projects that then lead up to a broader project around a sustainable car development. So by the end of the cycle in December, Mark and his team, whether this same team or a different team, will be collaborating together to uh, design a uh, net zero energy car. Wow. So,
0: Mark, are there other projects? Do you work on one project at a time or is this one of four or five projects that you may have going at this moment?
2: I work on one project at a time for each class, but I do have other projects going on, like in um, computer science, we're working on this tutorial. He's trying to teach us stuff so that we can design our own video game with MakeCode.
0: So when you're working with other people, I was always somebody that people wanted to team up with on a project because I, I would make sure that it got done. But over time, I became a little too dictatorial and uh, didn't listen to my teammates very well because I, by college, was like, look, you're not going to follow along anyways, right? So I was a tear to work with. Like, How do you, Mark, deal with people in your group that – does everybody collaborate because it's just expected or do you have – some personality issues that you sometimes have to work out with other students.
2: I try to make sure I'm a nice guy to work with so that other people don't not want to work with me. But sometimes other, of my teammates, they don't like each other that much, but I try to keep them focused on the goal so that they can get this over with. And we don't have to. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Drew, are there a lot of interpersonal challenges with this model?
1: Definitely. Because that's the reality of collaboration. It's messy. It's hard. It's hard. But the idea is that if we send students off to college or the workforce, having had lots of attempts at this collaboration, innovation, communication, then they'll be much more equipped to jump right in uh, when they're doing it as part of their college or career.
0: So, Drew, I saw on your website that 60 percent of first year college students must take remedial classes. That's according to the National Center for Public Policy and Higher Education I also saw, which inspired the previous question, 85% of jobs that exist in 2030 haven't been invented yet, which is amazing. But what is it about the existing model, how would you diagnose that led to 15 students from IPS going to Purdue and 60% of first-year college students needing remedial classes like me, needing to take basic algebra three times? Mark, don't be like me. What is it about the current model that causes that?
1: I think it's, uh, it's the factory mindset and that the foundation of our current school system was based in a time where we were preparing students to work in factories as industrial laborers. And now as time has continued and the economy has shifted, we need to prepare students to be creative thinkers.
0: Okay, so let's talk about how Purdue Poly teams up with local businesses like Eli Lilly. And what do you do to help students get a taste of real-world jobs?
1: Yeah, one of our one of my favorite parts of the model is our industry excursions. And so almost once a week, sometimes even more than that, we have an opportunity uh, to partner with an organization uh, with the mindset that the city is our school. And the more we can have our students experience what Is happening outside of the walls of our school, the more they'll be propelled to uh, either enter those careers or know that career is not for them. So actually, an example Mark went on was to visit the uh, Rolls-Royce Allison Legacy Center, where we are able to see the history of uh, aeronautical engineering from the very first uh, prop plane engine to now uh, to equipment that was on the Mars uh, on the uh, lunar Mm -hmm. lander. And learn all about uh, airplane engines from experts at Rolls-Royce. That kind of focus on those outside of classroom experiences is unique for public schools because it's difficult to have the manpower to get the bus to drive there, the connections, but it's been a priority for us since day one because we know the power of having students not just hear and see but actually visit and experience, immerse themselves in those places.
0: So, Mark, has there been an experience that made you think, yeah, I want to do this. Maybe I should look into this that you hadn't thought of previously.
2: I'm going to say our field trip last year, we went to Salesforce. I saw them say that they were using that they were trying to recode humans. Now, I I always thought about this whenever I watched Iron Man 3, of course, that guy with the fire. (laughs) Now that I saw it, I thought this is uh, leading to something there.
0: How did you make changes in your education based on that insight?
2: I would say I started trying to learn a bit more about biology along with programming and technology. So that can mix together. You know.
0: What else has surprised you? Has, has there been a program? You mentioned a summer program that you liked. Are, there, uh, are you year round or is there long summer break? Do you take summer classes? Tell us a little bit about what you do in the summertime, Mark.
2: Last year, and I'm probably going to do it again this year. I went to the I Think Summer. I
1: think yeah, I Think Summer. So.
2: Think Summer. It's been a pretty good experience. It teaches you about what you want to learn, like engineering and programming for me. I think I'll do that this summer, and I did it last summer, too. Mark's referring
1: to the Purdue University Summer College for High School Students program, which is incredible and actually open to anyone in the country and internationally, I believe, which is like its own menu of passion projects. So Mark chose the engineering one. We've had students choose everything from astronomy to nuclear engineering, and they have both one-week bite-sized courses and four-week-long more immersive on-campus experiences for upperclassmen. But it's it's with the same mindset that if we can get our students up on campus to experience what a bite-sized portion of college is like, that may be the driver for some students to make that a reality upon graduation.
0: So Mark, do you have college credits
1: yet?
2: I believe so. I
0: think yeah, I have college credits. Yeah, it's Drew, just like my uh, homeschooled eleven uh, sisters-in-law. <laughs> they all graduated high school with uh, eighty college credits because it's it's amazing, Drew. When you like go to Franklin or you go to Purdue or you look around in high school, you can find so many opportunities, like you just said to start getting college credits. I was, of course, a very lazy student, so I had no use for any of that. But if you're a motivated student like Mark, then there's a great trove of opportunities in the state.
1: And we believe that hook from lazy to motivated is just finding something that is of interest to you. Here we are chatting on StreamYard. We have tons of students who have done podcasts. We have a great journalism program. And so our approach is let's offer as many immersive experiences as possible to hopefully hook as broad of a student population as possible. We haven't even mentioned athletics we have like 23 different sports. Mark, you're in cross country swimming, golf, football, basketball, all the, all the usual ones. And so we just want to find whatever that driver is for you, connect it to academics and propel you to your future.
0: Yeah, that was huge for me. I helped start the AV program at Plainfield. I was in journalism, going to a newsroom on nine 11, like the actual nine. I'm, I'm that old Mark. It was just, it made me want to do this. Yeah. I think that's incredibly important is finding your kids passionate and investing in that. So let's talk about how many students are, I know there are three right now, Purdue Polys. How
1: many students are in these schools, Drew? Uh, so I'm, we are at the Inglewood campus, which is the flagship first campus. Uh, and it has 550 students, grades nine through 12. All right. a Pretty big school. Yeah. It's, you- uh, there's a sweet spot in size where if you have too many, you lose the ability to have individualized coaching instruction relationship. If you have too few, you lose the ability to have all of these offerings. So we're really happy with our size. And we're in this beautiful Mallory building on East Washington Street, including a bunker building complex, which has robotics lab, makerspace, wood shop, And so we're really well set up to have transformative, immersive experiences for student learning. So how do you roll this out to more people knowing that it's been successful, Drew? Yeah, so that's been in the process. Uh, Our second campus opened in Broad Ripple two years after we opened the first one. And then we had a third campus open in South Bend. Uh, We've got a pilot of a micro school where the number of students is much lower. And it allows even further doubling down on the idea of individualized support for education, specifically targeting families who are interested in that kind of environment. And uh, who knows what's to come beyond that? Carrie McDonald and her micro schooling uh, is very pleased. Yeah, it's really
0: I love Mitch Daniels. I'm a libertarian that likes Mitch Daniels. When I was head of the Libertarian Party while he was governor, we never put out a state of the state address rebuttal because there wasn't much to rebut. Um, But now he has left Purdue. He's now with Liberty Fund helping to work on these ideas. And you have a new administration at Purdue. Does that shape the future of this school? Are they as committed as Mitch Daniels was?
1: Yeah, so we're We're an independent organization from Purdue University. We benefit massively from the great partnership that we have with them, the access to their professors, staff, this opp- opportunities like Mark's referring to the summer college for high school experience. And yes, knowing that President Daniels was the initiator of our school and him stepping down, for sure there will be changes uh, but uh, President Chang has visited our Englewood campus. It was a wonderful visit. He talked with students, student staff. Uh, and we're really former dean of engineering. We love our engineering. Uh, so we're really excited to see how that relationship evolves.
0: All right, Mark. So November 1st is the deadline to enroll at enrollindy.org to, to join in on Purdue. If you were to tell, let's just say somehow there's some weird teenager listening to this podcast right now or more likely their parent, pitch the school. Why should people enroll at Purdue Poly?
2: I would say you should enroll at Purdue Poly because you will be able to control. How this? You will be able to decide what you want to learn for your future. If you want to be like an astronaut, you can rearrange your schedule to become an astronaut. You can do what you want to do. All right.
0: Very good. Drew, shameless self-promotion time. Anything else that we should have mentioned that we didn't?
1: Yeah. Enrollment opens around round one of Enroll Indy. We have a very high match rate for families who select us for round one Enroll Indy and lots of more details on the EnrollIndy.org website or schedule a shadow day. We have shadow days every Tuesday. You can find information about that on our website, pphs.purdue.edu. All right. Thank you so much, Mark and Drew. I appreciate you both being here. Thank you, Chris.
0: And thank you for listening. We really appreciate you. If you learned something, if you found this to be novel, help out Purdue Poly, help out us by sharing this episode. And thank you so much for listening here on The Chris Spangle Show.